0: This is Fresh Air. I'm Terry Gross. Life during the pandemic has been feeling like living in a Stephen King novel. So let's see what Stephen King has to say about it.
1: He's my guest. Recently, Terry Gross interviewed Stephen King on Fresh Air. Early into the interview, he said,
0: It's not very comfortable to be me. Uh, I keep uh, having people say, gee, it's like we're living in a Stephen King story. And, And my only response to that is, I'm sorry. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and while King did admit he sees the similarities, he also said he sees many differences. To better understand this, we called one of the leading scholars of King's work.
0: Okay, you can hear me. Uh, I'm Tony Magistrali. Uh, I'm a professor of English at the University of Vermont. I teach classes and I write books.
1: <laughs> and Magistrali would argue that King's stories are always relevant, not just at this moment.
0: There's a connection between what Stephen King writes about: vampires, monsters, rabid dogs, whatever. And some of the things that are most disconcerting about life in America in the 21st century, in the 20th and 21st century. Um, I think that what Stephen King is about is about is looking at our world and translating it into a very obvious Gothic world but still shading our world into that one. You know what I'm trying to say here, I think, is that it's not just the monsters that are interesting in Stephen King's world, although, you know, some of them are.
1: But Stephen King has written several books that seem to relate to our current moment more specifically.
0: Well, uh, the first one that comes to mind immediately is The Stand. Stephen King's The Stand
1: about a super flu.
0: A deadly virus released by a government mistake. It's a a pretty grim book in a lot of respects. It's about um, watching the end of the world take place. As the plague sweeps out of control, a nation erupts, society crumbles, the end is here. It's an indictment. It's an indictment of the military. It's an indictment of science. It's a Faustian bargain. They shouldn't have been fooling around with this stuff. from the get go um, and I think it's uh, it, it speaks to King's um, prescient vision of what perhaps was coming his awareness that this could spread quickly and that there were people in charge of these microbes that probably were not the people that should have been in charge of them. A frantic military willing to stop at nothing to cover up the terrible truth. The so-called super flu does not exist. No, I'm not concerned at all. No, I'm not. We've done a great job. You know, King understands that what he was doing in the creation of this novel and in the creation of the super flu was something that has been probably close to happening now for a while. I I just think he saw it back in the 70s.
1: Here's King on Fresh Air again.
0: Here's the thing about COVID-19. Something like this was going to happen. Uh, It was inevitable that this would happen. Uh, When I wrote The Stand, I think it was in 1978.
1: And And here's King making a joke while speaking to the University of Dayton in 1982.
0: (coughs) I am sorry. I guess it's catching. <clears throat> superflu, yeah. Uh, he saw it early. Uh, but he, you know, he understands that um, what he was doing in the creation of this novel and in the creation of the superflu um, was something that has been probably close to happening now for a while. Speculative fiction is all about warnings. Uh, if you read it as, as I do, as realistic fiction, Speculative fiction is a warning uh, and you don't pay attention to the signs at your own peril.
1: Not only does the fiction sound early alarms, it presents a narrative to explain what has happened and what happens next.
0: We we still think that it's okay for our government to engage in these things. Just like, you know, to a lesser degree, that meat market in Wuhan, which is a breeding ground for cross-species interaction, Um, This is where all this started, by people not paying attention to barriers, not paying attention to borders. You shouldn't have bats in the same meat market in in a cage next door to dogs and snakes. Are we gonna learn anything from this? This This is your tempting fate. Come
1: back to me, Gage. Come back to us. Where it's the car, not only can you see the future, I can change it. I concentrate hard enough, I can move things. Something in the mist! Here's Johnny. <laughs> it's
0: time to make you stay. They're warnings, they're warnings, they're flags. And it's interesting that I use that word because flag is the evil character in the stand, kind of a supernatural demon figure. But they're, wor- they're warnings to all of us uh, to pay attention to what um, what's being done in our name, uh, particularly by the government and particularly by um, experimenters who, who get into labs and think that they're going to design a flu that they're going to use um, for military means. You're heading into territory where the barrier was not meant to be crossed, and yet... We still persist in doing that. We still think that it's it's okay for our government to engage in these things.
1: And part of what makes King's work so powerful, especially at a time like this, are his characters.
0: One of the things that Stephen King does very well is um, he he takes ordinary people and ordinary situations, like the one we're in right now, in order to test his characters, who are very ordinary characters all the time. And they're forced to perform in extraordinary ways. Because at his heart, Stephen King is a sentimentalist. He wants humanity to live.
1: Thank you for listening to Mud Season. This episode was produced and edited by me, Eliza Giles, and co-written by Richard Watts. Special thanks to Tony Magistrali for taking the time to talk to us about Stephen King and to WHYY for the clip from Terry Gross's interview with Stephen King. Mud Season is a production of the Reporting and Documentary Storytelling Program in the College of Arts and Sciences at UVM. Online at www.uvm.edu slash CAS, C-A-S, slash storytelling. Thanks for listening.